going to go ahead and pray and open us up, and uh, we'll get to our lesson, and hopefully have plenty of good time for care groups as well. Um, does anybody have anything that you'd like me to pray about before I pray? There's been a lot of sorrow this weekend. Um, I don't know if y'all know, there's a, there's a doctor, a local doctor in town, his son committed suicide Friday night, so y'all, um, if you don't know him, I'm not going to say his name right now, but um, pray for them. There's uh, also another boy I saw. You know, with Facebook and Instagram and all the social media things, you find out a lot of stuff. Uh, another another young man lost his life. Um, I don't know what happened, but uh, th- there's just a lot of people hurting today. Um, there's a lot of marriages that are on the fence. Um, there's a lot of marriages that might be, you know, already unsalvageable. So just a lot of things to be in prayer about. Um, anybody think of anything? It needs to be mentioned in front of the whole class, no? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for this day, Lord. We thank you for allowing each one of us to get out of bed this morning, Lord, on our own will and and our own strength. Lord, we thank you for the great night's sleep that we had, or or maybe not, but we just thank you that we're here at church today in your house, Lord. We we thank you that, uh, that we we serve a mighty God. We serve a God that, that... can supply all of our needs, Lord. We pray today that you will help us to um, just depend on you for everything, Lord, and help us to look for you and and the guidance of our lives, Lord. We pray today for all those family members that are that are hurting today with the loss of a loved one or or a, lo- a loved one that's suffering through an illness or disease. Lord, we just pray for them today that you will comfort them and give them grace and peace. Lord, I pray you'll be with me this uh, just in a moment, Lord, that you'll help me to recall everything that I studied for this lesson. Lord, I pray that you'll be with each person in each seat and help them to have an open mind and open heart. Lord, help them to be free from the distractions that, that the devil may bring or just the distractions of their busy life, Lord, or their life that's got so much going on in it right now. Lord, we just pray you'll give us 30 minutes or so, Lord, of just some peace and calm and, and speak to the heart of each one of us, Lord, through this, through your word. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I keep tripping over my water. All right. Who knows what we've been studying on here in class the last few weeks? I'm, I'm sure a lot of you remember. Hosea. All right, Hosea. Jeff's been doing a great job with the history of it. And I'm not a history buff. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not going to stay in Hosea today. We're going to switch it up and do something a little bit different. And I don't want to step on his toes or step on anything that he might be studying. I don't want you know, to get in, involved in that. So we're going we're gonna to do a little bit something different. But I'm going to try to tie in Hosea and some of the stuff that we've learned in Hosea. And then along with what Pastor's been preaching on the last couple weeks, um, last week was on hell, um, real strong message on hell. And then the week before, what what did he preach on? Do you all remember? One. Bring one to the Lord this year. He challenged us with a big challenge. Um, And it was a great challenge. I don't know if anybody filled out any cards. I don't know if y'all are praying for one person. Who, who is right now? Who's got that one person in their life that they really want to bring to Christ this year? That's awesome. And those of you that didn't, didn't raise your hand, I know you probably just weren't listening to the question. <laughs> anyway, so, so I've been thinking about all that while I was preparing for, for, for the lesson today. Um, what we've been, kind of where, we've, where have we been the last couple of weeks? Um, and try to stay with that theme. Um, I'm going to ask a lot of questions. I, I, I wrote down a lot of questions today. 
and I counted them. There's almost 20 questions I'm going to ask of you guys, so uh, y'all pay attention and be ready to, some of them you can answer out loud, some of them are going to be personal questions that you just answer yourself, but I'm always asking questions. I guess when I was a kid, you know, y'all might have those kids that are like that. Daddy, why did you, why does this happen? Why does that happen? And sometimes it's kind of aggravating, um, but inquisitive if you're inquisitive you, that's how you learn things you, you want to ask why you don't want to just accept everything um, and that's how I am I'm always asking questions so um, so as we studied Hosea and we tried to kind of parallel where where that church where the people were back then in Israel you know with their um, what's the wording the wording that we use that's right and, and spiritual spiritual infidelity that's another big thing you know where are we at spiritually you know, are we are we dead on target with Christ, or are we somewhere else with our with our what we think is important, what the things we worship? Um, so I've been thinking, where, why are we where we are as a nation today? That's a question I wrote down. Why are we where we are as a church today? Um, and then and then more personal, where, why are we where we are in our lives today? You know, where we are right today. Think about your whole past, all the, all the things that's happened in the past, all the decisions you've made have led up to today. You may be happy with where you're at today, and you may be unhappy with where you're at today. You may think, man, what if I just, when I came to this fork in the road 10 years ago, you know, I went to the right. What would I, I wonder what it would be like if I had a turn, went to the left and took this other path. Where would I be at today? Um, one thing's for sure, all the decisions that were made from every one of you, Sometime in your life, you did end up in this class today. <laughs> so we all made something that happened. That there's one common thing. We all we made all made a decision to get up and get in, get in our cars and come to church, and, and we all made it to class today. That's 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 good. Uh, why? Another thing, another question I was asking about why, where we are in our lives today. Uh, there's several things, aspects that make up our lives. You know, there's financially, spiritually, physically, mentally, and several several things go on and on. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about decisions today, our decisions that we make. Um, it's kind of strange to me, not strange to me, but it's kind of sad that, you know, our pastor has to get up and, and make a, a plead, make a big, a big time um, challenge to us to just to bring one person to, to Christ. You know, to, to, it's a big deal. I mean, why, why does he have to? To, to plead with us so hard and, and, and teach a whole lesson on it. Why are we not doing it already on our own as Christians? You know, that's kind of sad. Why are we not just living a life already that people want what you have? Um, I was listening to a Casting Crown song, If We Are the Body. Y'all know the song, If We Are the Body? And so I was listening to it the other day. I've, I've heard the song for since it's been out, what, six or seven, ten years probably by now, you know, what I think is five years is ten, you know, you know how fast time flies, um, but if we are the body, why aren't our arms reaching, why aren't his hands healing, why aren't his words teaching, if we are the body, why aren't his feet going, why, his, why is his love not showing them there is a way, so they ask all these questions in the song, but they're never answered, I guess the answer is up to each one of us. What, you know, so that, so why aren't we doing it? That's that's the sad part, you know. That, I've, and I'm and I'm talking to I'm I'm speaking to myself today too, guys. I'm not, I don't ever want to stand up here, and pretend or 
or act like I've got it figured out because I surely don't. Um, I fail every day in, in a lot of areas. Um, so anyway, those are some good questions, right? Anybody got any answers to that? Why, why are we not doing that? Anybody got anything? We're not selfless enough. Exactly. We're, we're the opposite of that is selfish. We're, we're concerned with our, own, with our own things that we have going on. It could be, here's, here's, here's the sad part. Okay, you know, they polled America all across America several years ago, and I think 80% of Americans claim to be Christian. Um, and then I've heard, I've heard uh, percentages of in the church, you know, this has been, they've been saying this for a long time, within the church they think that 80% of the people aren't saved. And that's what the people that are in church every Sunday. So, so my question is, is maybe part of the reason why, why we're not acting like the body of Christ is maybe we're not genuinely saved ourselves. Go ahead and open up to Matthew 7, um, Matthew chapter 7. We're going to look at verses 15 through 21 real quick. Um, now, this is just one reason. I'm, this is just hypothetical, you know. Not hypothetical, but that's a bad word. It could be the truth for some of you. Um, it's just one area why I think that maybe we're not, we're not succeeding as a, as a church. And then I'll get on to another area shortly. Okay, Matthew, Matthew 7, 15 through 21 says this, and it's in red. I think it's in red. I didn't put it in red in my notes. but So Jesus is speaking. I'm going to read a couple things today. The next, the next verses I read in Revelations is Jesus speaking again. So, so for those of you all who don't know or don't have a red letter edition Bible, this is Jesus' words, okay? I don't know why, but sometimes people think it's, it's more serious. Oh, I can't believe this. Jesus said it. But let me, do, let me do say this, that everything in the Bible is, we should believe is 100% accurate, even if it's not red letter, if it's one of the, one of the uh, disciples saying it or whoever it is. Okay, so here's what it says. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are, they are ferocious wolves. Verse 16, by their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Okay, so you've heard this question sometimes. Uh, people might have asked you this. You might have asked yourself this. You know, I feel like I'm saved. I remember praying a prayer and, and uh being baptized, but how do I really know that I'm saved? Well, this is just one verse. There's several verses in the Bible where you can tell you're saved. If you can feel the Holy Spirit convicting you of things sometimes that you normally wouldn't do inwardly of your own flesh, uh, you might have the Holy Spirit living in you. Um, but, but here you can recognize people by their fruit. You can recognize if they're a Christian by their fruit. Um, if you are a tree, what kind of fruit are you bearing? What kind of tr fruit will you bear? If you picture your own self as a tree, are you bearing good fruit or bad fruit? It's one of the many questions I have. You can just ask, ask, that, self, ask that question to yourself. Okay, here's another way of looking at it. If you were a book, okay, if each one of us were a book, what kind of story is your life telling? What kind of story has your life told up until today? 
Are you happy with that kind of story? My wife wanted me to ask, who likes to read? What kind of stories do y'all like to read? Does, you know, think about that. What kind of books do you like to read? Are they books, like helps books, uh, fiction, um, biographies? And then ask yourself, you can kind of know what kind of book you like to read, if you like to read. I don't, I don't particularly read myself too much. Uh, I don't have a lot of time for it, but I like audio books. <laughs> I can listen to them while I'm driving down the road. But anyway, <clears throat> ask yourself, why do you like that particular type of book? You know, it could be any kind of reason. But, but picture yourself as a book. What kind of story are you telling? Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 2 and 3 says this. You are an epistle written in, your, in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. Y'all have heard that before, haven't you? We're, we're, we're not written of ink, but we're written, we're stories. Story that Christ has, has put on our heart. We're a story. I'm just, earlier I said this, you know, if we're living a, the life like God would have us to live, there's going to be people all around us that are going to be noticing something different. And they're going to be wanting what we have. It's, it's going to be much easier if we live the Christian life to be a witness to somebody. Maybe that's, maybe that's it. Maybe that's why we don't bring people to Christ a lot of times, because we feel like we're inadequate. Maybe we feel like, oh, I might could do it on Sunday, but if they saw me the rest of the week, they would they wouldn't want what I have because I'm no different than them, you know. Um, Tanya and I did a devotion yesterday that was pretty good. Goes along with this lesson. It was called Story Time. Did anybody, does anybody do a devotion with from Our Daily Bread? Anybody do it yesterday? Yesterday's was called Story Time. As a child, I loved it when my mom read to me. I would sit on her lap and listen to every word. As she read, I examined the details of every picture and waited eagerly to hear what was on the next page. Have you ever thought about the idea that our lives tell a story? In every situation, good, bad, indifferent, people around us are watching and listening to the story we are telling. Our story is communicated not only through our words, but also through our attitudes and actions as we respond to life's buffetings, which is beatings, and blessings. You know, we all tell a story when, we, when things aren't going so good. Um, and when we're, we're blessed. Of course, we all know what kind of a story we're telling when we're feeling blessed. Um, but what kind of story are we telling when life's buffeting us? Uh, our children and grandchildren, spouses, neighbors, and coworkers can also observe the story when, that we're telling. Paul reminds us that, of, that, the, that as followers of Jesus, our lives are like letters known and read by all men. I just read that in 2 Corinthians. An epistle of Christ, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. What is the story that those around us are reading through the letter of our lives? A story of forgiveness? Are they reading stories of compassion? Are they reading stories of generosity? Patience? Love? If you've experienced the joy of a grace-filled life that comes from the Spirit of God in you, then welcome to the joy of being one of God's greatest storytellers. I thought that was a good it's a good wake-up call. It's a good way to look at it. Sometimes we get we get caught up in a rut that we live every day in our lives, and we're going about our business full steam ahead, kind of with blinders on. You don't really know what's going on around you. But people are watching us. Just like you're observing other people, 
They're observing you. Um, so we're not, we might not all be happy with the type of story we've told in the past, um, but, there, but there is a way to change it. That's what, that's what I hope the lesson today can bring to you, that you know, starting today, we have the future. We don't have to behave like we have in the past. Um, it's up to us. I never told you the, le- the title of the lesson today is The Buck Stops Here. Um, I'll get into more of that here shortly. But I titled it The Buck Stops Here. We, we, we pass responsibility, our responsibilities, off to people all the time. Like uh, this morning, for instance, uh, Tanya gets up real early, a lot earlier than I do. Because I'm like a night owl. I'll lay in bed and you know watch TV for too long. So this morning, she, she was getting up about 6 o'clock or so, and I said, hey, wake me up at 6.45 so I can work on my lesson again for about an hour before we come to church. So next thing you know, I rolled over and looked at the clock, and it was, I guess, 7.15. So it was 30 minutes later than I wanted to get up. Well, she started apologizing to me. I'm so sorry. I, I lost track of time or whatever. And <laughs> And luckily, I had this lesson on my mind. The buck stops here. I was like, it's not your fault. I could have set an alarm. <laughs> you know? so, so I behaved probably like I should, but I don't, I don't get it right. You know, Nine times out of ten, I, I probably would have said, what were you thinking? <laughs> but anyway, yes, it was my responsibility. <laughs> it's my responsibility to get myself up. I mean, I'm an adult now, right? Um, wake up, go to work every day, earn a paycheck, you know, provide for your family. You know how it go, you know how you know what else comes with being an adult. I mean, you can get yourself up, right? Um, the buck stops here. So let's see where we're at. Okay. So I said one of the reasons that we might not be behaving like Christians is because we might not be saved, right? We might not be bearing the kind of fruit we should. There's another reason that we might not be doing, bringing people to the Lord on our own and have to be you know, ask to or make a commitment to do so. And that's because we might be living, we, we might be living in a time like the church in La- Laodicea. And, and Jeff made mention of it last week. So t- open up the Revelations real quick. Revelations chapter 3. We're going to look at just, just two verses. 15 through 17. Revelations 3, 15 through 17. I want y'all to, y'all heard this Y'all probably heard this lesson or heard this preached. If you've been in church a long time, you've probably heard it preached on many times. Uh, you might have had Sunday school lessons on it. Uh, something dawned on me today or this week while I was studying this that I never really thought of much. Um, I always, you, you've heard of the, the, let's just read it. Verse 15. I know your works that they, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you were lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I'm rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Now y'all heard that scripture probably, uh, being lukewarm and and, and being vomited out of of Jesus' mouth. That's that's red letter, remember? That's Jesus speaking there. Um, Let me tell you a little bit about why he used those terms, why he said lukewarm. Okay, Laodicea is located between two cities. It's located between Aeropolis and the other one is Colossae. Okay, listen, 
I'll just read this from my study Bible that I have at home. It, it, this sums it up pretty good. <clears throat> the church is likened to lukewarm water or as being virtually worthless. Uh, Christ says he will spew them out or, e- or eject them from his company. Okay, Aeropolis was a city, I think it was about eight miles away from, from Laodicea. And then the other one, um, why can't I remember that? Colossae was about five miles away from Laodicea. Well, Aeropolis and Colossae both had their own water sources, okay? This is where we'll get the lukewarmness from, in case you didn't ever, in case you ever, didn't ever know it. <clears throat> Aeropolis had hot springs, and their water was known for its um, medicinal qualities. Colossae was known for its cold, pure water, okay? Well, Laodicea didn't have any water source, so they had to pipe their water in with aqueducts, okay? Uh, They made pipes underground. So by the time the cold water got to Laodicea, the cold, pure water, it had traveled five miles, so it was warm and and worthless. It wasn't pure anymore. So, and the same thing from Aeropolis. So when the water got to Laodicea, it was... It was yuck, okay? So Jesus is talking to this church, and they know exactly what he's talking about when he says you're like lukewarm, you're worthless. You're, you're not of any good use anymore. So that's why he wants to vomit, vomit them out of their mouth. Um, the works of the Laodicean church were as worthless as the city's lukewarm water. The description does not refer to backslidden conditions, okay? So all these years, a lot of times when I, when I hear about the church of Laodicea, I think of backslidden. Okay, but you see what it said in the in the in the scripture. It said you want cold or hot. <clears throat> if if we look at Hosea, how they were living. Okay, they were way on the other side of the fence. I mean, it was clear who they were worshiping, right? Well, this church, they weren't hot for Christ or cold for Christ. They weren't against them or for them. So that's that's another reason maybe that we have to be challenged to win somebody to Christ. Maybe we're, as it says here, okay, the description does not refer to the backslidden condition, but rather to their lack of genuine faith. Jesus here urges the Laodiceans to repent of their lack of genuine faith and spiritual understanding. We might have a lack of spiritual faith or or, or a lack of genuine faith or spiritual understanding. That might be another reason why we're not winning people to the Lord or making a difference. In our in our in our circle of influence. All right, we only have a few minutes. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get right to where I want to get to. I'm gonna skip ahead. Andy Andrews was here last October, and he'll be here again in May, first weekend in May. There's gonna be a women's conference. Do y'all know about that? We have a speaker that's gonna be speaking in that class today. Um, but anyway. Andy Andrews is coming back. He's, he's, he's awesome. I don't know if y'all, who all heard his message? Who remembers him when I say his name? Who's read a lot of his books? All right, the Traveler's Gift. Who's read Traveler's Gift? Did, did it change your life? Was it awesome? It's awesome. I would recommend that book to anybody in here today. So as I'm preparing for Sunday School lesson, I'm re- my, my wife and I are both reading the book. Um, I've got a lot of the books, and I've, I, re- I read them here and there. You know, I get started reading, and then I'll go to something else. But I want to read to you a couple things. When I, when I talked about the buck stops here today, talking about taking this personal responsibility, how about changing your story moving forward from today? If you're not happy with the story your life's been telling up until today, um, this, I want to read to you. The Traveler's Gift 
is about a man named David Potter? Ponder. David Ponder. Okay, David Ponder has a miserable life, all right? He's, he's, he's worked his way. He's, wor- he's, you know, he's sold his soul to a company, lost his job, um, and he had to take this job not paying enough. His daughter's sick. She has to have surgery. He doesn't have any money. He gets fired from his second job because he's talking to his wife on the phone when he should have been working. So he's driving down this road at 100 miles an hour, and it's cold, and, the, and there's ice on the road, and he wrecks his car, okay? And so he thinks he's dead and going to heaven. But the way Andy Andrews writes the book is brilliantly. He, you can see everything in your head. It's, it's kind of like it's a wonderful life type thing, you know. Um, he gets to go back in the, in the past. And Andy Andrews is big on, on biographies and reading about these people in history, what made them different. And, and you know, we're all, we're all created equal, right? I mean, for the most part. So, so the only thing that separates us from each other is just is basically decisions that we make. Um, the, the way we choose to live our lives, okay? So I'm going to read to you. So, so this David Potter goes back in time, and, he's, and he's, he finds himself in Potsdam, Germany in 1945, and, he, and he's in, in the presence of, of Truman, and Truman's about to make the decision to drop the atomic bomb on Japan, all right? And it's a very stressful decision. And so he finds himself there, and he's talking to, to, to the president, Harry Truman. You say my future is what I decide it to be. He, he, here is David talking to him, okay? He says to Truman, you say my future is what I decide it to be. David ventured, I'm not sure I agree with that. Mis- my, my present is certainly not of my making, okay? So he lost all his job. He doesn't, he doesn't see that it's his fault that he's where he is, okay? Um, I worked for years to finally end up with no job, no money, no, and no prospects. David, we are all in situations of our own choosing. Our thinking creates a pathway to success or failure. By disclaiming responsibility for our present, we crush the prospect of an incredible future that, that might have been ours. Okay, I'm skip ahead. They have this conversation. Here's, I'm just highlighted some things that are really cool. The words, it's not my fault, should never again come from your mouth. Does anybody say that? It's not my fault? That ain't my fault. Or have you ever been guilty of it? The words, it's not my fault, should never come again from your mouth. The words, it's not my fault have been symbolically written on the gravestones of unsuccessful people ever since Eve took the first bite of the apple. Remember that? It wasn't my fault. Until a person takes responsibility for where he is, there is no basis uh, for moving on. The bad news is the past was in your hands, but the good news is that the future, my friend, is also in your hands. All right. So he reads along. President hands him a piece of paper for him to read, and then he then he goes to make then he goes to meet with Churchill and Stalin, and they agree to drop the atomic bomb. So David's standing in the room in this in this building, and he reads what the president had written down for him. It says, "The first decision for success, the buck stops here." You know, that's one of the first places we ever saw that. Was Harry Truman had that on his desk? The buck stops here. A friend of his saw it somewhere and thought he would like it, so he had it carved out. And so the buck stops here was one of the most the first times we ever heard that statement. There were some before that that were recorded in photographs, but anyway, the buck stops here. From this moment forward, he's reading this paper, I will accept responsibility for my past. I understand that the beginning of wisdom is to accept the responsibility for my own future, my own problems, and that by accepting responsibility for my past, I free myself to move into a bigger, brighter future of my choosing. Never again will I blame my parents, my spouse, my boss, or other employees for my present situation. 
neither my education nor lack of one, my genetics, or the circumstantial ebb and flow of everyday life will affect my future in a negative way. If I allow myself to blame these uncontrollable forces for my lack of success, I will be forever caught in a web of the past. I will look forward. forward. I will not let my history control my destiny. The buck stops here. I accept responsibility for my past. I'm responsible for my success. I don't want to read too much. When faced with the opportunity to make a decision, I will make one. I understand that God did not put in me the ability to always make right decisions. You know, we're not going to always make right decisions. But he did, however, put in me the ability to make decisions and then make it right. The rise and fall of my emotional tide will not deter me from my course. When I make a decision, I will stand behind it. My energy will go into making the decision. I will, I will waste none on a second thought. My life will not be an apology. It will be a statement. The buck stops here. I control my thoughts. I, I control my emotions. In the future, when I'm tempted to ask the question, why me? I will immediately counter with the question, why not me? Think about that. Next time you, ask, you find yourself asking the question, why me? Ask the same question, why not me? And see if you, see if you can come up with an answer for that. Why not me? You know, are you any different? Have you, have you, you know, have you earned something, something different than, than somebody else has? I mean, are we entitled to, to different lives? Uh, challenges are gifts, opportunities to learn. This is really good right here, if you, can, if you can get this. Challenges are gifts, opportunities to learn. Problems are the common thread running through the lives of great men and women. Anybody got any problems going on right now in their lives? Kids? Kids got problems? I didn't think so. In times of adversity, I will not have a problem to deal with. I will have a choice to make. My thoughts will be clear. I will make the right choice. Adversity is preparation. I had to turn the page. Adversity is preparation. Where is that? For greatness. Okay, adversity is preparation for greatness. Y'all get that? That's pretty good. I will accept the preparation. Why me? Why not me? I will be prepared for something great. I accept responsibility for my past. I control my thoughts. I control my emotions. I'm responsible for my success. The buck stops here. Okay, so this is a book written by a man, and he didn't mention any scripture in there. But there's tons of scripture that supports the thought of the buck stops here, you know, taking on responsibility. Um, Listen to this, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Or in the NIV says, he'll make thy path straight. You know, if, if you think about yourself and why you made decisions like you did in the past or you feel like you made poor ones, have you trusted in the Lord with all your heart in all your ways? Think about that. If you haven't, maybe that's where we went wrong. Maybe we, maybe we leaned on our own understanding instead of the understanding that Christ offers, the wisdom that he offers. Philippians 4.8. This is how you can prepare your mind to think on the right path. Um, finally, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So, this book, The Traveler's Gift, talks about seven decisions that we make that will make us successful people, as people. But I believe all seven of them also make us successful Christians. Um, 
the next one that he goes on to is seeking wisdom. Uh, I don't have enough time to read all of the, all the what I wanted to read to you from the book, but he, he's when he leaves the, the presence of Harry Truman, this David Potter is becomes he, he finds himself in the presence of uh, King Solomon. Now this is pretty cool. The Bible says he's the wisest man ever, right? So if you're gonna learn to seek wisdom, he spends some little bit of time with King Solomon, and 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 it's all right here in the Bible. And he he finds himself. He, he, it's pretty cool how how Andy paints this picture. He finds himself, he describes the room that he just appears into, and he can smell this strong aroma of cedar. And so he's showing you what all the walls are, you know, the floor's marble, and the whole the whole ceiling is cedar and cedar beams, and, and, and these people are rustling around, and he finds himself right in the middle of the story where the two women uh, had a baby. They lived in the same house, and one of the babies, babies died because the mother rolled over on it, and she flopped the babies, you know, and so they're, they're in front of them saying, He's going to decide whose baby it is, right? So he, he decides that he's going to just raise a sword and cut the baby in half so both of them could have a piece of the baby. And, and um, I mean, this is, this is not, this, is, this happened. This is in the, in, in, in the Bible, so it's not part of the book. I mean, it is part of the book, but it's not fiction. So anyway, the, the true mother, of course, says give her the baby. You know, the true mother is going to want the baby to live regardless if she has them, has, has them or not. So... Anyway, he gets to talk, spend time with Solomon about seeking wisdom. And one of, the, one of the things Solomon says about seeking wisdom is surround yourself with people that you want to, you know, you want to think like, you want to be like. And when I taught last, a month, a month or two ago, I brought, up, I brought up, I didn't even have this in my notes, but the Lord impressed on my heart about Psalms 1. Uh, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Um, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of scornful. You know, he should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. You know, we talk about trees and what kind of fruit you bear. Uh, Rex is here today. He hadn't been here in a couple weeks, but he had a challenge for me uh, a week or so ago. And there's a lot of people out here that we go to church with that we're rubbing elbows with today, right here in class, that have issues going on. They have They have problems. You know, we all come to church on Sunday sometimes and think that, you know, everybody's smiling, everybody's dressed nice, everybody looks happy. But we're all hurting somewhere with something. You know, it could be our issues with our kids, uh, neighbors, our spouses. Um, we could have, there's no telling what kind of pains that we have. But we're not helping each other like we should. You know, and, and I don't know why that is. Rex, Rex is out in Beans for trying to get some support for his ministry, for the mission field. And, every, and it seemed like a lot of people he was coming in contact with were just having terrible issues. And, and the, sad, the sad common thread was that none of them were getting support from their fellow church members. They, they, nobody had noticed anything going on with them and, and, and confronted them or asked them, hey, can I help? Can I help? I see that you, can I pray for you? Can I, you know? So I've had an issue going on with my in my own family, not my household, but a family member who's been struggling with some things, and and so, and I've seen it, but I haven't said anything. But I, I've confronted them here recently, and I'm trying to pray for them. Who knows those that you pray for on a regular basis? You actually start putting action to your prayers. You'll actually start wanting to help them more. So, you know, 